This is Jason Hansen, pastor of Anchor Church. Thank you for jumping onto our sermon podcast. My prayer is that as you listen to this sermon, you're encouraged in your walk with Jesus and that you live for him in all of life. Enjoy the sermon now. This morning, I get to introduce to you my friend Grady. Um, I've introduced him uh, before, but Grady um, and Lori, I was running on the canal smack in the middle of COVID. I don't even remember when it was. It was about a year ago, I guess, maybe, uh, smack in the middle of COVID. I was tired. I wanted to stop, and I saw two people on the canal standing there with uh, Jesus' God shirts on, and I thought, I should ask him a question. So I just said, you guys Christians? And Grady looked at me sideways like, who would wear a shirt like this? I think he actually said like that to me. Who would wear a shirt like this and not a Christian? And I was like, I don't know. I just wanted to stop. I just wanted to stop. I was tired. So anyway, um, invited him to come to Anchor. And I I can tell you this um, firmly, fully, truthfully, honestly, they are a joy to me. They They are a gift to me. And they're in my community group, uh, the one that I lead. And sometimes I wonder if I'm leading it or if, if Grady's leading it. I don't know. Um, I'm not totally sure sometimes. Um, but I do know this, that, uh, that uh, Grady and Lori have become a really good friends of mine. And I, they've become really good friends of a number of you. I watch sometimes on Sundays, um, both Grady and Lori walking around hugging you all. Um, and that, to me, is, it's, a, it's an evidence of Christian Charity, love, kindness. And so, and so um, I get to just sit this morning and listen to my friend preach. Honestly, never heard him preach. Don't know what he's going to say. Uh, he doesn't either. Um, but I do know this. He loves Jesus, and so does his wife, Lori. And so um, would you do me a favor, please, and just welcome Grady up as he preaches this morning to us. Well, here we are. So, um, we're going to be in First Chronicles chapter 13. And because some of you haven't read much this week, I'm going to read the whole chapter. <laughs> we're in a series called All In, and I think we're finishing up. And uh, pastor has a shirt saying All In. There's a Greek word for all, and that word is all, and that's all all means. <laughs> yeah. So, before I preach, um, it is always my custom to have my wife come up and pray over me. So I'm going to invite my esteemed, buoyant, vibracious, beautiful, lovely wife. I may be the king of the castle, but she's the crown that makes me king. Amen. Mm. Father, we just love you this morning and we just worship you and we just thank you for giving us another opportunity to worship you, Father. I just pray in the name of Jesus as I hold these hands that you would just bless him, that you would use him, that you would speak in and through him, Father, that somebody would say yes to Jesus, that someone would be encouraged and that someone would just be okay today. Just have your way, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. He said, let me go. Never. <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> so, I 
Before I read this text, I just want to get a pulse on who, who I have in the room here. There's two animals. You got to pick one. They're farm animals. And if you had to pick one, which would you pick? A chicken or a pig? <laughs> All right. Oh, there's Lori and Grady. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's another picture after that one. I want to introduce somebody to you. That's Jeremiah. Yeah. Jeremiah's gone on to be with the Lord. It's coming up on six years. And I didn't want to just give you all the pictures, but I wanted to introduce Grady and Joshua to you. Grady and Josh, Jeremiah has gone on to be with the Lord. Joshua's still with us. But God is good. Amen. We had him for a short while, and God says, well, it's time for them to come home. He had better plans for them than we did, amen? Because the truth is, he really didn't belong to us. He was, to, he was given to us on loan. <laughs> you know, so God giveth and God taketh away, right? But it's his to do whatever he chooses, amen? So back to the farm animals. So how many of you now, this is a full participation thing here, so you got to pick one of y'all. If you don't pick one, I'm going to know who you are, Amen. <laughs> That's for you at home as well. So how many of you would pick a chicken? Raise your hand. Wow, look at that. Cluck, cluck, look at that. How many would pick a, a pig? Now, that's not half. See, a lot of you didn't, didn't pick at all. Let's see the ones that picked the pig again. Okay, there's more of you now. Okay, see that? How many of you picked a pig? Look at that, it's multiplying. All right, good, good, good. So in this whole series of being all in, the problem is, many of us as Christians, we like to lay an egg and keep on moving. But when the pig gives up the bacon, he goes all in. <laughs> That's the difference. Nothing wrong with wanting to be a chicken. But the problem with chickens is they can do their own thing. They can lay an egg and keep right on rolling. So I've titled this message, All In, No Sin. If you're practicing sin, if you're going to be all in, you've got to stop practicing sin. And in doing so, I titled the message, I've got to get it right this time. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. But we've got to get it right. So let's read this text, chapter 13, verse 1. David consulted with the commanders of thousands and of hundreds and with every leader. And David said to all the assembly of Israel, if it seems good to you and from the Lord our God, let us send abroad to our brothers who remain in all the lands of Israel, as well as to the priests and Levites in the cities that have pasture lands, that they may, go, that they may be gathered to us. Then let us bring again the ark of God to us, for we did not seek it in the days of Saul. All the assembly agreed to do so, for this thing was right in the eyes of all the people. So David assembled all Israel from the Nile of Egypt to Label Hamath and to bring the ark of God from Kirith Jerem. And David and all Israel went up to Beliah, and that is to Kirith Jerem that belongs to Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord, who sits enthroned above the cherubim. And they carried the ark of God on a new cart from the house of Abinadab, and Uzzah and Ohio were driving the cart. And David... And all Israel were celebrating before God with all their might. How, with all their might. Come on now. All their might. There's that word all again. And we know the Greek word for all is what? All right. Somebody's listening. <laughs> with song and lyres and harps and tambourines and cymbals and trumpets. And when they came to the threshing floor of Kidon, 
Uzzah put out his hand to take hold of the ark, for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he struck him down because he put his hand to the ark, and he died there before God. Now listen, it's over 30,000 people, and they're celebrating with all their might. They're having a heyday, <laughs> and all of a sudden, somebody dies. Can you imagine how quiet things got? It, cha- it was a mood changer for sure. Things changed. That's how life is sometimes. You get thrown a curveball. And, and so, <clears throat> verse 11, and David was angry because the Lord broken out against Uzzah, and that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of God that day, and he said, how can I bring the ark of God home to me? It's a good question. So David did not take the ark home into the city of David, but took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of God remained with the household of Obed-Edom in his house three months, and the Lord blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that he had. Just a, uh, I'm going to read just a couple more verses. In verse 15, uh, verses 1 and 2, David built houses for himself in the city of David, and he prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched a tent for it. Then David said that no one but the Levites may carry the ark of God, for the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of the Lord and to minister to him forever. In verse um, uh, 13, because you did not carry it the first time, the Lord our God broke out against us because we did not seek him according to the rule. So the priests and the Levites consecrated themselves to bring the ark of God, to, to bring the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel, and the Levites carried the ark of God on their shoulders with the poles as Moses had commanded according to the word of the Lord. Amen. So, how many watched the Super Bowl? Well, it was exciting, wasn't it? All the playoff games were exciting, but the Super Bowl is the game of all games. And in the Super Bowl, you got Joe Burrows, uh, who's a rookie, uh, playing for Cincinnati. Some people wonder, why, why would you play for Cincinnati? They won six games in, three, in two years. It's like, man, of all the teams, but he's a homeboy hero. He's an Ohio man, so... He, he got his deal. And then we have um, Aaron Donald, who has uh, received almost every defensive accolade you can imagine except for a Super Bowl ring. And so here it is. They're in the game of their life, and they're marching down. It's, it's the fourth quarter. We know you don't win a game in the first quarter. You don't win a game in the second quarter. You don't win a game in the third quarter. You win a game in the fourth quarter. <laughs> but it's 48 seconds. The score is 23 to 20. And Joe Burrows is marching down. He's about halfway. He's a little short of a, a field goal. He really wants to get a touchdown and win the game. But he finds himself in a situation where it's fourth and one. Fourth down and one yard. They've been running the ball pretty well up to this point. But now we need to get this first down. Aaron Donald running the defense. Joe Burrows running the offense. They line up, and there's one thought going through both minds. I've got to get it right this time. (laughs) I've got to get it right this time. All of past experiences, everything we've done in the game and games prior up to this point means nothing right now. The only thing matters is right now, I've got to get it right this time. Hmm. So I'm speaking to many of you that may be in the Super Bowl of your life. (laughs) And you can't afford to fail right now. 
You can't afford to mess up right now. Now is not the time to act stupid. Now is not the time to play around. This is not the time to be doing anything that you shouldn't be doing. Right now, you need to be thinking that I've got to get it right this time. Amen? (laughs) So David's future and the future of Israel was at stake. David gathered all the people together and said, let's go get the ark. The ark was parked at Abinadab's house and had been there for 20 years by way of the Philistines. And that's a whole other story with Dagon and all that. It's pretty interesting. You should read on that. Really interesting reading. But David said, let's go get the ark. Why have a marriage and not have the presence of God? Why have money and not have the presence of God? Why have a good job and good health and not have the presence of God? It's a good question, isn't it? I don't want to be the kind of man that has everything but not have God. I don't want to be the kind of person who succeeds in every area of my life but not in my walk with God. Because only what you do for Christ will last. The word of the Lord for you today is that you have got to get it right this time. This time you can't mess up because it may cost you your marriage. This time you can't mess up because it might cost you your money. It might cost you your destiny. It might even cost somebody else their life. If you don't get it right this time, you may even lose your job. You might even lose your mind this time. Now is not the time to please people. Our primary character in this story is David, who experienced some highs and some lows. It was David who killed the lion and the bear. It was David who stepped out on the field and slew the giant. It was David who had some good days of dancing before the Lord and playing music with his hand and driving out evil spirits. It was David uh, who penned the Psalms, the beautiful words uh, from the Psalms. David also had some bad days when David was on the rooftop when he should have been on the battlefield and it was one look and that's all it took. David had some bad days when his son uh, Amnon raped his his sister uh, Tamar. It was a bad day when Absalom killed Amnon for raping Tamar. It was a bad day when Joab killed Absalom. David had some bad days and David had some good days. David had a bad day when David decided to number the people. You don't want to number the people. We don't want to trust in the number of the people. It was a bad day for David, but this was one of those days that were pivotal. David was reigning in Israel and Hebron. He had everything going on, but he didn't have the ark of God. Let's go get the, it's been 20 years. What was the ark doing at Abinadab's house hanging out? Did he have it in the living room? Did he have it out in the shed in the basement? Scripture doesn't really say, (laughs) but he had it. (laughs) And so even though David killed a lion and a bear and became king, He wanted the presence of God in his life. So he said, let's go get the ark. And everybody agreed. They gave him a two thumbs up. And they put the ark on a new cart and carted the the presence of the Lord on a new cart when they were supposed to carry the ark. Doing the right thing the wrong way. There are a lot of people doing the right thing. They're just doing them the wrong way. <laughs> making money. Making money is good, but when you got to lie and steal to get it, it's the wrong way. Finding a spouse. Finding a spouse is a good thing. Proverbs 18, 22, he who finds a wife, find a good thing and find favor with the Lord. It is better to marry than to burn, says Paul. But when you have to test drive and sleep with this one and sleep with that one before you get the ring, you're doing the right thing. You're just doing it the wrong way. Building yourself up is good, but when you have to tear somebody down to do it, you're doing the right thing, wanting to build yourself up, but you're doing it the wrong way. 
Looking to excel in business or on your job is a good thing. But when you have to get somebody fired to get the position and you got to connive to get a promotion, you're doing the right thing, but you're doing it the wrong way. David wanted to get the ark of, of God, but he was doing it the wrong way. So they put it on a new cart and Ohio was driving and the oxen stumbled. Uzzah stretched out his hand and steadied the ark because he didn't want it to get defiled by hitting the ground as if his hand was any cleaner than the ground, amen? <laughs> and lost his life. God is not the one you want to play with. People play with God. And that's not a good thing to do. God is gracious. Grace and mercy may follow you all the days of your life, but God will have his way. Amen? Amen. Huh. <clears throat> so, oxen do stumble. In the Bible, the, ox, the oxen is representative of the worker, the one that's pulling, the one that's treading out the field, the, uh, when, the one doing the witnessing and praying and visiting the sick and serving. But we stumble. But Proverbs 24, 16 says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. I'm just saying it's not in the falling down, it's in the getting back up. Amen. And like sheep, we have all gone astray. And we can't look at you for what you did bad, because if we're not careful, we'll be doing it tomorrow. <laughs> Three things you can't touch. When oxen stumble, the first number one is God's glory. When people fall short of God's glory, it's because somebody is touching something that God said not to touch. In Acts chapter 12, 22, Herod gave a great speech, and the people says, man, that was great. You're not a man, you're a God. And his head swole up, and he was eating it all up. And all of a sudden, an angel showed up and smote him right there, killed him right in front of the people who said he was a God. Hmm. You can't touch God's glory. And I don't care if you got an AA, a BA, an MA, a, a double PhD. I know you did all the homework. I know you went to class. I know you passed all your tests. You better give God the glory. Amen? <laughs> and so, um, and I don't care if you get a job making $10 an hour or $100 an hour. You give God the glory. And I don't care if you found the woman of your dreams, you give God the glory. I don't care if she's fine, you give God the glory. <laughs> I don't care if you live in a shack or a mansion, you give God the glory. I don't care if you're driving a, 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 a Mercedes Benz or catching the bus, you give God the glory. Amen? Because God will not share his glory with another. Number two, do not touch God's anointed. Psalms 105.15. God rebuked kings for Israel's sake. He killed people for messing with his people. Amen. You are the Lord's anointed. And your boss, if, he's, if, he's, if he knows any better, he better be careful how he handles you. Amen. Because you're the vessel of God and God has brought you out of so much stuff. And you are the one that God will use to help others. And, and, and even though oxen stumble, I remember uh, Michael a couple weeks ago said he was like one year walking with the Lord. He started discipling folks. If you got to wait till you get stuff all together to serve God, then it will never happen. Amen. You serve God right where you're at because God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the call. <laughs> so um, even though oxen stumble, I'm encouraging you, don't put your mouth on the man of God. Amen? It's a dangerous thing to speak out against the man of God, the man who, who's been raised up to preach and to pray and to serve. But oxen stumble, even though the man of God may have his flaws because we're all wrapped in fallen flesh. We all have our stuff. And if you are wise... When that word, that gossip come through the grapevine, you better kill it when it get to you or you're going to mess around here and mess up your stuff. 
Your health might go bad. You might lose some of your kids. You might mess around here and lose your job. So I'm just saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Honor the position. Honor the man. We're all image bearers of Christ. Let's quit gossiping about one another and start loving one another. The scripture says you will know my disciples by the love they have for one another. And even though you think you're doing it in private, the all seeing eye of God, he sees everything. And then the number three, I call the three T's, your time, talent, and treasure. You've been bought with a price. You've been bought and paid for. Everything you have belongs to God. It belongs to him. Some folks want to uh, say, well, do you tithe 10%? Do you do this? Do you do that? Paul kind of gave instructions in, in Corinthians um, that, that Lori and I kind of follow. I think 10% is the place you ought to start. But the, the truth is, my day that I have is a gift from God. And it's not for me to use any way I want. It's not about how much I, I, I give God. It's how much I keep for myself because it all belongs to him. In Joshua chapter 7, there's a man named Achan. He decided for himself. He decided to keep some of the Lord's treasures for himself. After the Lord said, don't take any. <laughs> they had just defeated Jericho. He kind of plundered him some stuff on the side. Nobody saw it. Nobody was looking. They get into the next battle, a battle they should have easily won. And they were being defeated. And so Joshua goes to the Lord and said, Lord, what is going on? Why aren't we winning this battle? He said, because there's sin in the camp. Hmm. There's a guy on the battlefield. Everybody's looking like soldiers, but there's one guy running around with a Jordan jersey on with Jehovah going across the back. Got some gold chains on, two Rolexes, some bracelets. Got a, a gold javelin with a diamond tip. He running around on the battlefield. <laughs> and his family, he and his family got stoned. And I'm not talking about Proposition 207 either. And they got burned because they took what God said not to take. If you're going to be all in, realize that God's all in for you. You need to be all in for God. You wonder why you don't have what you need. If you don't honor God, guess what? He will not honor you. Not only do oxen stumble, but there are three things you should not touch. God's glory, God's anointed, and God's time, talent, and treasure. Now, because David didn't have the proper order, he missed out on his blessings and pulled the cart into Obed-Edom's house. And the Bible says Obed-Edom was getting blessed because of the ark. Come on now. His fields started growing more. His wife's hair started growing and nails was growing. Oh my goodness. The kids' grades was going from C's and D's to all A's. His finances was growing. When David heard about that, he said, let's go get the ark. Amen. <laughs> enough's enough. Amen. <laughs> David messed up the order and Obed-Edom got the blessings that were meant for him. Somebody may have your stuff <laughs> if you don't get it right. You have got to get it right this time or you're forfeiting the blessings of God. There are three reasons why you have to get it right this time. Number one, you're forfeiting your blessings. The reason why God has not given you the blessing he has for you is because you've got to get praying right. You've got to get serving right. You've got to get your marriage right. You've got to get your finances right. You've got to get your living for God right. And because some things are out of order... You've got to get it right this time. Amen. God held back rain until there was someone able to till the, grain, the, the, the ground. God held back what caused things to grow until there's someone able to manage the growth. Amen. Why would God bring more in your life when you're mismanaging what you already have? 
Manage what you have. If you be faithful in the little, God promises to give you more. Amen. We want more, but we're not taking care of what we have. Hmm. <laughs> God saves his best until there's order. He's waiting for you to posture yourself to be able to handle the blessing. Sometimes I pray, I says, Lord, give me the capacity to handle more blessings. Amen. Lord, bless us indeed, enlarge our territory, keep your hand upon us, keep it from evil that will not cause pain. Listen, he says, you need to get some things in order. You're not ready. You're not capable of handling what I have for you. Your cup is already runneth over. You're not doing the best with what you have. We always want more, but we don't want to do well with what we have. You've got to get it right this time. Number two, you're holding up somebody else's blessings. (laughs) Uzzah died and lost his life because David didn't have things in order. Your children may be losing their blessing because you don't have things in order. And number three, you got to get this right this time because this might be your last time. (laughs) Yeah, this might be your last time to come to church. This might be your last time to praise him and lift up holy hands. This might be the last time to save your marriage or save your job. This might be the last time for you to live another day. David said, we messed it up last time, but we're going to get it right this time. Last time I consulted with the people. Last time I tried to please the people. The problem last time when we were dependent on a system to cart the presence of God. The presence of God was not meant to be carted. It was meant to be carried in the belly of the believer. Amen. You must say to yourself, I've got to get it right this time. So ask yourself, why is pleasing others important to me? Everybody does it. Everybody does it. There's always somebody you're seeking to please. Everybody does it. No one's exempt. Why is pleasing God essential in my life right now? If you're going to get it right, pleasing God is essential in your life right now. Another question, what will happen if you choose not to get it right this time? What's at stake? What's on the line? So I'm going to ask you, how many would say they'd rather be a chicken? How many would rather be the pig? Come on now, this is a chance to get it right this time. (laughs) I'm impressed. (laughs) Okay, I'll ask again then, because some of you didn't quite get it. <laughs> a, little, a little slow on the uptake. <laughs> I can be that way sometimes, amen? How many would choose to be the chicken? Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. But, but listen, you all got it right. Not a hand went up except for one, but I'm not going to say what a hand was. How many would choose to be the pig, amen? Listen, that's the right decision. See how easy sometimes we can get it right this time. We just got to make a choice. We got to understand. We got to get in God's word. We got to get our praying right. We got to get our marriage right, our finances right. All these things that's distracting us from getting it right with God. Amen. We're so busy chasing everything else when God's right here. He says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5. He's right here. If you're going to get it right, God said, I'm right. I I have placed the Holy Spirit in you to lead and guide you like a GPS. 
When GPS first came out, I wanted to try this thing out. And it said, go left, I go right. <laughs> when it said right, I go left. And this thing will keep rerouting and keep routing and keep routing, rerouting. That's how the Holy Spirit is in you. He doesn't stop talking to you until when? When your GPS, when does it stop talking? When you get to your destination. Do you know where your destination is? <laughs> if you know where your destination is, he will not stop talking to you until you reach your destination. And if you're a believer, your destination is hell. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I thought maybe somebody wake up. That's for those who were sleeping, amen? <laughs> if you don't know Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will definitely come and help you get on the right track. If you're a believer, your destination is heaven. And every time you make a wrong turn, he's right there leading and guiding. And he does not stop talking to you until you reach heaven. Amen? Hmm. So, that was great. So, in Romans chapter 3, 23, we have a problem. The Bible says, for all have sinned. Now, there's that word all again, right? Who does that mean? That means everybody. All means all, amen? All means all, and that's all all means. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That problem has placed you in a predicament. The predicament we can find in Romans chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. Now to him who works, the wage is not counted as grace, but as debt. But to the one who does not work, it is counted as, let me, let me get to that one, because uh, righteousness. The, <clears throat> but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. What that verse is getting at is, we, we tend to look at a scale. We, we tend to do a lot of good things to offset the bad thing we did. It only takes one sin, one sin to qualify you for the hotel down the road, amen? It only takes one. So the point is, God has a standard. He does not lower his standard for anyone. No matter how much good work you do, you will never reach that standard. So this is a predicament you're in because of this problem because all have sinned. It only takes one sin and because we all sin, we all fall short. And now we're in this predicament where we're, we're facing some, some situations here. And the situation is in uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man, talking about uh, Adam, sin entered the world. See, you're born in sin and wrapped in iniquity. You didn't have a choice. Adam made that choice for you. Thank you, Adam. Hmm. And death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, all men, because all sinned. <laughs> Interesting. So here it is. We got this problem facing this predicament, and we're looking at a penalty. How many like penalties? I don't. <laughs> I penalize myself enough. I really don't need any extra. Amen. But God, in his graciousness, Romans 5, 8, he demonstrated his own love towards us. And that while yet we were sinners, when we were enemy of God, when we were doing our own thing and not even giving God any regard, Christ died for us. He went all in for us. He loved us so much, he stretched out his hands on the cross. And if you read through the, through the account of that, he says, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. He's saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Wow, he sacrificed for you. 
He gave you what no other could give you. That's the provision he made. We all had this problem facing this predicament. We're looking at this penalty, but he made a provision. Hmm. And with the provision, Romans 6, 23, you get a full pardon for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you were in the state prison facing a murder charge or a capital punishment and you were there for life and the governor decided he's going to give you a pardon, anybody know what happens? <laughs> Lord, said, you get to be free. Yeah, you get to be free. <laughs> That's good news. Man, I had no way out of this. But somebody with authority and the power let me off the hook. Amen? But even with that, the moment you heard that the governor gave you a pardon, you don't get to just walk out of the door. Amen? There is a process. There's a process. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be. And with that, that will be, that means with guarantee, you will be for you will be saved for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. So you got this problem placing you in this predicament, looking at this penalty, but God gave you a provision. And with that provision, he gives you a full pardon. And as pastor says, not, he looks at you as if, as if you've never sinned. Listen, and as if you have always obeyed. Now, we know, we know we're far from that. Man, that is a gift. You ought to be doing backflips. That's a Super Bowl celebration, amen? <laughs> yeah, we don't act that way, but that's what it is. He's given us something that no one else could have given us. Bow your heads with me. If you're in this room under the sound of my voice and you've never, ever remember a time, a day, or an event where you ask Jesus to come into your heart and save you and deliver you and set you free, you just don't remember a time when that happened. You're not sure. And hell is too long to be wrong. I just want to pray for you because salvation is at hand. It's available to everyone. Though Jesus died for the world, you still have to accept him. You still got to go through the process. You have to accept it. You got to say the words. You got to believe it in your heart. If that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. And those of us who are saved, we're praying that somebody, somebody will, will have enough courage to raise a hand. You don't want to be ashamed of Jesus because when you come face to face, he'll be ashamed of you. Nobody wants that. If you don't know Jesus personally, if you're listening at home, right there in your living room or in your bathroom or in your bedroom, in a garage, in your car, you can say these words. Jesus, come into my heart and save me. I denounce any lordship that Satan would have over my life. And from this day forward, I want to live for you. Jesus, I want to be all in for you like you were all in for me. Come into my heart and save me. I want to be saved. Save me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that in your heart and you believed it, the Bible says you will be saved. Some people don't realize it's just that simple. They think you have to do something. Christ did it all. There's nothing you can do except receive the gift that he provided for you, amen? If you said that and you believe that, 
and you've never done that before, just raise your hand. Hmm. Hallelujah. I've done everything the Lord has asked me to do. I love you all, and I say God bless you. Amen. I really hope that you were encouraged by the sermon today. You can learn more about us at anchorchurchgilbert.com. We'd love to have you join our mailing list. You can do that on the website. If you have any questions for us about who Jesus is, please let us know through our website. I hope that you were encouraged.